Welcome to Books, Frauds, and Booze. Woohoo! This is your host, Jamie. And Monica. Hello, hello. Yay! So this month, we are discussing Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman. My favorite! <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking forward to this book. So do you want to just, like, let us know what made you choose the book first? Well, I chose the book because I like anything that has to do with magic. And I felt like this book is a classic for people who actually are pagan. It represents, like, not a real outlandish magic story. It's like a down-to-earth, day-to-day story. And the people in it happen to be a little magical. <laughs> and it's really cool. Um, it's, it's the most like real life I have ever read. Um, and I just think it's a wonderful story. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It was lots of fun. We will do a little movie comparison as well after we do our discussion questions, which I got from, uh, Lit Lovers. There's only six of them. Her other books all have a lot more discussion questions. Hmm. Um, but I think it'll be interesting if we, um, go through these ones anyway. Sure. So the first one is, you might talk about the way Hoffman brings together the ordinary and the extraordinary. Magic takes place in common everyday settings, and most of her books, the suburbs. Is she suggesting that the mystery and enhancement can be found everywhere? Ooh, that is a great <laughs> question. And, and what I got from the book when I read it, what I liked most about it, is it brings the magical to the everyday. And I think she really is saying that. And she's also, in that way, saying that your real life is the important thing. Right? Right. Like, your, it's, your real life is not for escaping through magical things, but for enhancing, I guess you could say, or enjoying your life that way. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I really enjoy how normal her characters are they're yes. not well some of them are a little kooky but, but regular people are kind of kooky yeah, too they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're like regular people they're a little you know they're fun they're a little off but they're just normal people exactly could you sympathize with young sally and jillian's wish to escape their aunt's strange household and to live as normal <laughs> um you know, it, it kind of is like, be careful what you wish for. Like, With you know, the it seems... <laughs> it's like, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, they weren't, they didn't have normal. And a lot of people who have normal would kind of want what they had. Right. So it something was. Exciting, something different. Yeah, yeah. It was their everyday life. But I think because they saw, so like the ants would take in clients, like the pharmacist girl and um, their specialty was love. So all of these women would come and they were like, oh, you know, the love of my life is married, make him leave his wife or my husband this or my boyfriend that. And the aunts would always be like, well, are you sure this is really what you want? You know, right. like that be careful what you wish for thing. Uh -huh. And usually it ended up quite disastrously. <laughs> And and then the woman would come back and, like, beg for them to change it. And they're like, eh, sorry, we told you, we warned you. And so they saw all of this, you know, 
drama around love. And I wouldn't say so much that they wanted a normal life as they vowed to like not fall in love. They didn't really like the idea of going through all that like all these women went through. Yeah, as as young girls, they they're hoping to prove that ants magic was real. They're following around the pharmacist girl and then they saw what happened to her and I really was like, I liked it that she didn't talk until her husband died. <laughs> that just made me laugh. I'm like, that is so funny. I'm like, oh, that really worked well for you. Oh, right. Very nice. <clears throat> so question three. I like this one a lot. In practical magic, characters can never be done with the past. It always catches up. Is free will in Hoffman's world subservient to destiny? We've had a couple books that have this theme in there. Uh-huh. And I feel like in this book also, because the whole thing of it is the curse, right? Right. So they can't ever have true love or their true love will die. Because Maria Owens, way back 200 in... 200 years ago. The witch <laughs> <the witch> burning. <laughs> that came out really funny. <laughs> Back in the witch burning days, put a curse on her whole family that they wouldn't ever be able to have true love because it did nothing but ruin her life. Right. Um, so they're operating under this fate, but but then they do have this free will to make, you know, whatever choices they want to make for their own life. So I think it's both. And I think that um that it can be both, in my opinion. I I would say in her world it's it's definitely both that there's some things that you can't run away from and there's some things that you can decide and choose from but some things are no this is the way it's going to go right and it's those big fate things that um end up that's where all their conflict is trying to navigate around these big obstacles and they're to their normal life. So how does Hoffman dissolve the boundaries between the inner and outer realms of, in this novel? Is, is she suggesting that human passions when unleashed can become monstrous threats? Hmm, what do you think about this one? With Jimmy? I, I think that's sort of like what what was going on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say I cheated and there was an abridged audiobook version that I was able to borrow. It's a three hour quick refresher for me and I loved whoever uh, read it the way that she narrated Jillian's voice. It just, I just, I love it whenever she would talk about J Jimmy and like I can just hear it. It was like oh Jimmy and in that voice in my head right now and uh, it's like she thought that she really loved him but if she had, maybe he wouldn't have died the way that he did. <laughs> or maybe that's why he died. I don't know. It was kind of... Yeah, I think but, he was uh, very abusive. And um, I don't think it was more... I don't think it was really love so much as it was like an obsession. Like she really went into that relationship with him like the traumatized person that she was. <laughs> and it lasted much longer than any of her other relationships had. Right. There was just that some pull about him. And 
And when he did die, and that's what I really love about the book is it it wasn't their fault. They didn't right. they didn't kill him. He just happened to die. Uh-huh. Um, she was giving him the belladonna to like make him go to sleep so he wouldn't be so abusive. So and he wouldn't drink. So he wouldn't yeah. drink and stuff. And um and the ants confirmed like no way was that a big enough dose yeah. to was kill him. Was he the size of a squirrel? Yeah. <laughs> no. But even so wasn't you. His negativity, they buried him in the rose bushes and his it's almost like that negative energy became physical. Right. And affected their physical life. Yeah. And that's just how magic works in her world. You know, the intentions and and everything is what colors what happens. Mm, so let's, let's talk about her drinks real quick. Oh, yes. I made us margaritas. Midnight margaritas. <laughs> Which is a very fun part in the book. Uh, it's way more fun in the movie. Yes. But... These are very delicious. <laughs> Why, thank you. I uh, used um, uh, silver tequila, and I used triple sec, and also Jamie squeezed some fresh squeezed lime juice mm-hmm. and some simple syrup, and we have salted rims on our margarita glasses, and they are very yummy. So delicious. Yeah. Five stars. Woo-hoo. Highly recommend. Monica is an amazing bartender. <laughs> she is for hire for those who are looking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> So back to our discussion questions. Practical magic is often funny. Where and how does Hoffman achieve her humor? In her words, talk about the parts that made you laugh. I can't really think of anything specific, although I did kind of laugh out loud at different parts throughout the book. Her tone is, it's not very, it's not really serious. It's just like everyday life. Some parts of it are sad. Some parts of it are funny. Well, even when Jillian's, like, lamenting about Jimmy, it's kind of funny the way that she's like, oh, Jimmy, of course he would do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I loved the ants in the movie so much. They made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I just, I love them so. We can talk about the movie after our last discussion question for the book. Have you read other novels by Alice Hoffman? If so, how does this one compare? If not, does Practical Magic inspire you to read her other works. I have only read the other one that you had me read, the prequel first, yes. Magic Lessons, which I loved. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, I'm sure it helped you with this book. Right. Having read it first, because it's like the backstory of... So, like, my my question was, like, in the movie, they're like, oh, we wrote the curse, and now we can have true love. And Jillian's with a biology teacher, and... Sally's with that detective guy who works for the attorney's office in the book. But um, I didn't get that feeling from the book. No, it it wasn't. It I mean, wasn't it's not, broken. It's and not it, like super happy ending. No, and I've read all the books in this world. I haven't read any of her other books because, as you can kind of tell from Practical Magic, she's really kind of a romance writer. Right. And I'm usually like gag romance books. I'm not a big fan of romance books. Which is why I love The Curse. Yes. (laughs) And the magic element made it worth it for me to read it. Um, So I haven't read any books outside of this universe, but I do like all the other books in this series also. Mm-hmm. And 
Magic Lessons, I really liked Maria. And I really liked um, how the, the flow of the story, her writing style. I enjoyed, like, just the the whole narrative part of it. And I liked it a lot more than this one. And I wonder if it's because that's her newest book. And so she's more mature as a writer. I would have to agree. I think her characters come alive more in her more recent books. Um, you know, Practical Magic came out quite a long time ago. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I could probably look that up for us. Yeah. And I just, I really like how she... Um, does her research as far as like, oh, you know, lavender for luck. And um, they have the gardens with all the herbs. It's like everything you would expect from like the witchy woman living at the edge of town with her big garden full of herbs and her cat. <laughs> and, you know, it's just fantastic. I love their gardens. And I love the gardens that they have in... Um in uh, New York, too, how mm -hmm. Sally's like, oh, it's just sort of haphazard and not everything has a, a purpose and everything like that. I liked how they described that because the ants are just so precise about it. So it looks like the first published is from, from 1995. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. It's I been think a while. She's probably evolved more as yeah. a writer since then. And that makes complete sense that mm -hmm. that would happen. So, yeah, the there's it says that there's four four editions that they've done. Oh, so I think that was the newest one. Mm -hmm. So I could be wrong, but I think that that was it. Okay, so comparative to the movie, movie too much romance, <laughs> too much magic. But I loved the ants so much. They were my yeah. favorite characters. Yeah, the movie is totally a cult classic. And it's only good because of all the people who are in it. Mm. The story, I don't think it deviates so much from the book. Oh, which reminds me. I have a new policy. Watch movie, read book. And if I had read this book first, mm -hmm. I would have been throwing things at my TV watching the movie. Having seen the movie first, and I was like, eh, I don't know, it gave me real low expectations. I loved the book so much more. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I really liked the book a lot more. In the movie, so first of all, the ants, you're right. The ants are fabulous. They're like, come on, girls. We have chocolate cake for breakfast. We don't have to brush our teeth. We don't have to do homework. You do whatever you want here. Right, right. <laughs> and so Sally ends up becoming like the little mother, you know? Yes. And, and they have a lot more um, personality in the movie. In yes. the books, they're there, but they're not, they're not really characters. They're, right. They're more like a background story. Right. Which I, if I gave one complaint about the book, it would be like, give me more ants. Yeah. They were, because they seemed so interesting. They were very interesting, yeah. And and another thing about the movie that I didn't like was that um, the time frame was so short. Oh, right, The girls right. were still, still little. little. Yeah. Whereas in the book, when Jimmy dies, um, the girls are practically grown. 
you know, they're older, like high school age. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, the younger one turns 13 mm -hmm. and that's when she sees him in the garden. Right. So yeah, they're teenagers, high school age girls. Yeah. yeah. And in the book, you know, Sally, like we said, lives in the suburbs, right? She doesn't live at the aunt's house. No, she, she did for a while, but then she was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. For one solid year, she mourned the death of her husband. She didn't speak. She didn't do anything for an entire year. And then after that, she moved out on her own into her own house. And, and neither one of them, her or Jillian, spoke to the aunts much. Right. You know, Sally would go visit in the summer and everything. For a week every year. Mm -hmm. Right. But they were just, like you said, real background characters in it. So there was like a really a lot of time that passed. I had a thought and it just disappeared. Let me see if it comes back. Oh, um, it was right after the swan incident and all the kids were um, being mean to the girls and she was like, I don't want them to keep going through this. We're out of here. Right. And then, uh, oh, why? I've already had too much margarita. I can't remember the <laughs> kids' names. But the, the younger one, that's, you know, when she turns 13, that's when she sees Jimmy in the garden. Right. So Sally's kind of like, oh, crap. I mean, like, we left, but it's still with us. It's still right. here. It's like, yeah. I wanted them to have a normal life and to experience something normal, and it didn't happen. Well, and that is the whole fate thing. Like, they are from a magical family, and right. so certain things you just kind of can't just not talk about and have it not happen. But, yeah, the whole part where, you know, Jillian calls for help in the movie, and Sally goes to get her, and then... Um, Jimmy takes them hostage. Yeah. And like, like none no. of that happened in the book. No, she just shows up with a dead body. Jimmy's out in the car. Right? That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. I can cover him with a sheet. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, in the movie, they made it basically that Sally killed him. And they made it like a self-defense kind of thing. Right. But really, she... She yeah. didn't have anything Neither to do one of them it. killed him, really. Yeah, and Sally's like, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. Like, seriously? Jillian, come on. Yeah. I really enjoyed how Sally did find a second love at the end of the book, since the first one was so intense for her. Yeah. He worked at the hardware store? The hardware store guy? And then Jillian was the one who was with the biology teacher. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked her because she was so wild. Yes. That for her to like settle down and yeah. love him. She's like, Oh God, what am I doing? Yeah. I really liked that. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that the older niece was also really into the biology teacher. <laughs> it was angry and like i was hot stuff until my aunt shows up working at the ice cream parlor now what the hell i'm nobody you know because she's working at the burger place you know and i just that made me laugh too i was like yeah. that's funny i'm like that is such a teenager thing yeah yeah her characters are great um and even with what i enjoyed about the book is that even with the magic element it was believable right. to read it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, 
all over the top or anything. Like in the movie where they jump off the roof and all the townspeople are clapping. Like, right, right. Was that even necessary? Absolutely not. They have the weird circle thing with the brooms. Oh, yes. And that didn't happen in the book. The ants boiled up a... Like basically, uh, like lie. Yeah, a lie solution that they sort of poured over the grave to like eat away all the bones and stuff. Yeah. And that was the thing is in the movie, Jillian, they make a big deal out of how Sally never gets picked like for the phone tree, right? But, Sally doesn't have friends because she stayed at the house with the ants. But that was like... So, like, that was why Sally lived in the suburbs, and she did all those mom things. She worked at the school. Right. And it was the best thing she ever did, because she could have the summers off with her kids and, like, everything else. And so, in the movie, they made her out to be much more of a social outcast than she was. Yeah, because in the book, she was actually um, well perceived by her peers. Right. Right. So, I feel like the movie did her... The most disservice, I would say. I uh, that was one of the things that made me the angriest about it. Yeah. That and when the ants gave her the love potion. Yeah. And then she just goes racing off down the street. I was like, what the hell is this? Come and on. first of all, they would never do that. Like, if you, reading the book, it's all about intention and, like, consent. Like, they're not going to just, like, put a spell on you for no reason. <laughs> You right, know, right. It's very out of character. Ugh. Yeah. So all in all, though, it's so funny because I can honestly say I enjoyed the movie. And I think I enjoyed it for a lot of the reasons that you did because the ants were so amazing. And even so, it was just a quirky kind of story. And I feel like the actors and actresses did a really good job. I think so, too. It was... The movie had some fun bits to it, like when yeah. Jillian makes Sally be the phone tree queen. And <laughs> yeah. She uses it. She's like, oh, my sister had a really bad breakup, and we need some help. Everyone come to the house. And yeah. Like, that was funny. A really bad really... breakup. And she's, like, possessed <laughs> by his spirit. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Where in real life, all those ladies would have ran screaming. <laughs> right. like... Sally came out. She's a witch. And I was just like, yeah, that made me laugh too. She's mm. like, she finally came out. Yeah. And she didn't work at the school. She had like a... Yeah, she had like an apothecary. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. But it was still, for what it was, it was good. I can see why it's a cult classic. Like, I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy the book. Um, I've read it twice now. And... And all the, I really recommend all the sequels and prequels too, because I feel like the, the characters just grow more and you get more of an understanding of that little world that they have. And I thought it was really great. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that's two recommendations. Yeah. And we also highly recommend Monica's Margaritas. Ooh, the, hey, that's what we'll call them now. <laughs> Not Midnight Margaritas, Monica's Margaritas. Monica's Margaritas. <laughs> So, thank you, everyone. Oh, um, I was thinking about possibly putting on our Facebook page ideas about us spinning off on other podcast topics. Oh, ah, nice. So, look for that. That may be like a poll yeah. for the future. Cool. So I'm always up for new things. Yeah. So, thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye.